What's cracking, ladies and gentlemen? This is Jordan Kurtz with the comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast. I'm here with a special guest today, Miss Ashley Dean. How you doing? I'm doing pretty well. How are you? I'm doing great. You know, it's finally starting to warm up a little bit. It's been like the uh, the Arctic just chiller the last few days here. So I'm glad that we're finally getting a little bit of warmth. Yeah, a little bit, but it is starting to snow currently. So. Oh, it's snowing down in the springs. Oh, no. Yeah, it's warmer for sure, but definitely starting to snow. Oh, no. Well, there you have it. You can't have one without the other, right? Yeah. So real quick, Ashley, where can people follow you on social media? Um, on social media for Facebook, it's just Ashley Dean. I do have a fighter page, Ashley Dean MMA. Uh, I need to be better about updating that. So you can check that out. Um, and then for Instagram, it's ashley.n.dean. Awesome. And you have a big fight coming up. I do. I am super excited. So what are some of the details on that? When, what promotion, where can people watch you? Um, it's for CFFC. It's going to be out in Philly. So I'm super stoked about that. I've never been like East Coast. So that'll be fun in itself. And then uh, it's going to be live on UFC Fight Pass. So on March 12th, definitely check it out. Awesome. That's a big stage. You know, that's also, I mean, that's, that's a big fight town. You have the Rocky statue in Philadelphia for crying out loud. I mean, that's, that's a great opportunity to showcase yourself. Yeah. Is that something that, you know, like the, the entire trip out to Philly or are you, are you planning? I feel like every fighter who fights out in Philly or somewhere around in that Eastern, Eastern area, like they've got to go see the, the Rocky steps. They got to go see the statue. Is that on your list? Yeah, that's like number one on the list. So <laughs> yes, yes, I knew that I didn't miss that. Awesome. Now, why don't you just talk to us a little bit about you know uh, first and foremost, who are some sponsors that are helping you throughout this camp? Um, definitely, two sponsors have been helping me a lot. Uh, Connected Health in Colorado Springs. They definitely it's a chiropractic place. They offer massage and other things like that, but they definitely keep my body like right get balled up like a pretzel doing grappling and they just realign me so oh yeah he, thank you for and then uh also susan pruitt with coldwell and banker she's a realtor here in town so if anybody's in the market looking to sell or buy check her out awesome two things that are definitely very necessary in the world that we're living in today and speaking of pt i just got done doing some myself and it's always like uh, I need, need like a 10 minute mental reset period after going through like some of the deep tissue and acupressure. It's like, oh, my God, like this hurts so good. But yeah, I'm sure that that's exactly what you're talking about, getting balled up just from grappling endlessly. Yeah, it's definitely a hate love. Like you need it just to be able to keep training. So yeah, definitely. What are some of the what are some of your favorite recovery methods or, or what what is big for you and your body? Um, you know, before I didn't really look too much into recovery until after I hit 30 and then I started, I need to stretch like frequently every day, uh, stretching yoga and definitely massage and chiropractic are my go-tos right now. I feel like pliability is, uh, is the like foremost topic out there for a lot of athletes right now. I'm not sure if you follow football much or anything at all, but with, Tom Brady coming in and winning another Super Bowl and he's like 
55 years old at this point, but that's all he talks about is pliability, stretching, being limber, all those sorts of things. So I think that that speaks exactly to, to what you're saying in terms of being able to preserve your longevity as an athlete. You need to be pliable. Yeah, you definitely have to take care of your body. You can't just jump in and just go 100% all the time. Definitely. Now, with your as far as your matchup goes, why don't you share with us just some of your thoughts on the upcoming matchup? Um, I'm actually really, like, when this fight was brought to me, I got super excited. Uh, my opponent is more of a stand-up fighter and likes to be more on the technical side of things, which is where I like to fight. Um, it's like a chess game to me. Um, and I definitely like to keep it on the feet, which she does as well. So I'm just excited to show off a lot of my, my stand-up. My last fight, I didn't really get to do that. So that's what this stage is for. Nice, nice. Awesome. Now, what, what in terms of, you know, what, what has been some of the major obstacles or hurdles that you've had to encounter during this camp, particularly being that we are, or, and, and even so for your last fight as well, cause that was through the pandemic. What have been some of the obstacles that you personally have had to face and overcome during these times? You know, um, my training has definitely remained pretty much the same, um, but there's been precautions taken. Uh, I definitely had to start working out at home a lot more, um, all the local gyms closed and things like that, but I haven't slacked on my training. It's been top priority. You just have to be more cautious about how many people you're around and if they're being cautious with what they're doing and vice versa. Definitely. Now you mentioned that this fight is going to work toward, you know, toward what you want to do stylistically. For those who haven't watched you fight, is there somebody who you can compare yourself to stylistically? Um, that's a really hard one for me. Uh, stylistically, I don't really know who I'd compare myself to. But like I said, um, anybody that's seen me fight here in Colorado or on video anywhere else knows I like to stay on the feet. I like to box, stand up. Um, that's just my game. Definitely. How does it feel getting to showcase yourself on a platform like CFFC, being that it is also on Fight Pass and it's one of the premier regional promotions out there? Yeah, uh, they definitely are a big promotion. I'm super humbled and glad to have the opportunity. Um, but it's just another fight to me. Whether it's a big stage or a little stage, I'm going to put 100% and I'm just looking to put on a great show. <laughs> Now, talk to me a little bit more about, you know, your, your camp, your coaches, your, your training partners. You know, you, you've been with the same camp for, for a while now or for, for a long time. You know, how, how has that helped you grow as a fighter? Um, a lot of that has to do with my coach, uh, Drew Lawrence, with Pariah MMA. He doesn't stop growing as a coach. So we adjust and improve my game every step of the way. And I think... With remaining with the same camp, that's a huge plus that you get. They can see what flaws you have and help you improve on them and things like that. So that's a huge plus with Pariah. Um, a lot of my training partners are wrestling based. So as I said, I like to stay on the feet. So I have to improve my wrestling defense in order to do that. So that's helped out a lot as well. Definitely. I feel like that's huge to have training partners that kind of accent where you need work the most, if that makes sense. Yeah. 
yeah, for sure. Um, a lot of people like to push me against the cage and wrestle. And before I never wrestling practice started, I was out the door. I didn't want to be there. So, um, definitely when one of my major training partners, Chaz Alex came in, he's a wrestler. Um, he's helped improve my game a hundred percent when it comes to wrestling. Definitely. Definitely. Now, not to say that you're overlooking anybody by any means, but after a win at CFFC 93, what's next for you, Ashley? Um, you know, everyone's waiting for that one call from one of the major organizations. Um, I'm definitely hoping it'll be Bellator for me for sure. Nice. I mean, and, and speaking to that, you've, you've got a resume that boasts some names that have gone on to those bigger shows. So, you know, like, do, do you think that that is something that is on the, on the 2021 horizon, or do you think that it's kind of still building up that pipeline or, or where exactly do you see it? Um, I see it 2021. Definitely. Uh, my career has been going on for about 10, 11 years now, but I didn't dedicate and commit myself to it hundred percent when I should have from the get go. So a lot of the like weight, I fought at a higher weight class. Now I'm down where I should be. Things like that have been worked on. So now I'm ready for the fights to start happening. So it sounds like you've kind of just had your own little career renaissance and you've really dialed it in a lot more mentally. Is that fair to say? Yeah, definitely fair to say that. What, what does some of that approach look like? I mean, is, is it all just stuff in the gym or are you reading books on the outside that kind of help with your mindset that, that prepare you for, for what you're going to do when it's time to come battle or, or what does that look like for you? You know, I'm not, I'm not huge on books, but, uh, definitely do some meditation, talk with my coach. He's a huge part in my mental, uh, but it's not all in the gym. It comes down to every aspect of life. Like it comes down to how much time you're willing to put in the gym for one. And then when you get done with the gym, it's diet, it's what other workouts you're getting in. And then also, like you said, mentally preparing for that. Definitely. I think that we've seen a lot more people place an emphasis, emphasis on going through those mental reps. You know, we, we had somebody like Corey Sandhagen speak to it. You know, one of our own Colorado fighters speak to it on a very, very uh, highlight worthy level in that bout against Frankie Edgar, how he said that he just, he pictured for weeks on end, how that sequence was going to go in his head. And it worked out perfectly for him. I mean, obviously like if you get a knockout like that in 28 seconds, you did something right. Yeah, for sure. Mental reps are huge. Uh, you can't do, I mean, you do do thousands of reps in the gym daily, but in order to like hone that one technique you're working on or mini techniques, you definitely have to sit there and visualize it. Who are some of your influences, you know, that, that got you into the sport and what made you finally say, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to walk through those doors and I'm going to join a fight team. I want to start fighting. Uh, you know, I didn't know anything about fighting when I walked through the doors. It was a uh, altitude MMA back then still with the same coach and uh, a lot of the teammates. But uh, I honestly just walked in thinking it was going to be a good workout. This was high on like working out and being in shape. And then I saw, I remember Cameron Dollar and uh, Scotty Cleave were doing, it was live sparring. They were doing this like war in the cage, like just battling it out for just sparring. 
And once I saw that, I knew I wasn't going to go anywhere. Like it just sunk. Like I stayed. Just hooked at that point. Yeah. I walked in and never left. So. So as far as, you know, in terms of like fighters or, you know, maybe it's different instructors or specialists out there who have been some of those major influences to your fight career outside of coach Lawrence and your, your camp there at Pariah? Um, you know, everyone kind of picks and chooses their favorite fighters based on their styles and things like that. I just like to look at the new techniques and different uh, things that fighters are bringing to the table and then try to critique it to work to my game. Okay. I won't ask you to go too much into the details, so you're not giving anything away for the matchup coming up. But is there somebody out there who has really just, as you've watched them, you know, maybe it's in the UFC, maybe it's in Bellator, that just jumps off the jumps off the screen and impresses the hell out of you? Um, kind of put on the spot with that one. Uh, you know, Nunez for sure. Just she's one of the number one females in uh, the 135 division. I definitely looked to her a little bit when I was fighting that heavier weight class. Um, now down at 25, I'm definitely looking at Shevchenko. Um, she's talented, well-rounded, and brings a lot to the sport. So she I'd have is to... crazy. Yeah. Like you want to talk about someone who I feel like if there's ever been a case of like a fighter actually being like a, a secret agent or like <laughs> a spy or operative or something like that. It's Valentina Shevchenko. She speaks how many languages? She can dance like some ballroom, like ballerina ball sort of thing. She can fight like crazy. She loves to shoot guns. Like that's like the female James Bond. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, I uh, I saw her fight Caitlin Chukagi in cage side last year, right at about this time, and I'm just like this woman is just like she's on a whole nother level right now. Like she is just like, it's almost like in the matrix where Neo like slows everything down and he's just like one by one doing things and everybody else is just kind of, that's what it almost seemed like because Caitlin was number two at the time. Like she was the top contender right then and there. And Valentina was just like, oh my God, like Valentina. And she was the biggest sweetheart that you could possibly imagine in any of our media engagements. So I was like, that, that, that's, I, I will always root for Valentina for that reason alone, just because she was so nice to everybody. Yeah. And just like you said, on a whole nother level. Now I got to ask you this because you mentioned both of their names. If they were to run it back for a third time and have a trilogy, because fight number two was very highly controversial and contested. Who do you think would come out on top if Valentina and Amanda had a rubber match? You know, I got to go with Valentina on that one. Usually the bigger fighter wins, but Valentina, she's something else. So hopefully they put that on the books. I hope so. I've I've been calling for that fight for a while because I just – they're both they're both in a class of their own in each of their respective weight classes right now. Obviously, you know, Amanda being a two division champion, she does have a challenge against Megan, but you know, I mean, it's tough to say it's tough to put anybody over Amanda right now in either one of those classes. But I think if there is one person right now who can beat her, 
it is the bullet. It is Valentina Shevchenko. I think that she is just so well-rounded. There, There's nobody else that can match her skill for skill. Yeah. Yeah, we saw with Amanda, we saw her go up against a couple of great grapplers. We saw her go up against a couple of elite strikers like Jermaine Durandamy. And Amanda just had the, she had the perfect counter for everybody else's strength. I feel like that's almost the same thing that Valentina does. So yeah. why not give the people what they want? Dana, Sean, Mick, help us help you. We will buy that pay-per-view. But, you know, uh, I, I, I got to ask you on this, you know, we'll, we'll switch gears for a second in terms of camp, you know, you're, you're getting to a point now you're, you're about three weeks out. Is that correct? Yeah. Three, three hard weeks left training. So three hard weeks out. So starting to get to a point to where, you know, I'm not exactly sure where, where you're at in terms with, you know, with, with your cut or, or weight is that, but I'm sure it's starting to get to a point to where you're starting to pay attention to what your calories in are, you know, what, what's the exertion, what all that is. So the ever important and hard hitting journalistic question right now, what is the hardest food for you to give up while you're cutting weight? The hardest food. Um, I know a lot of people out there when they see this, are going to laugh, but uh, definitely cookies there's one company i don't know if you've heard of them sasquatch cookies they make this cookies and cream cookie and it is like heaven okay i Amazing. haven't heard of them but i'm a cookie fan so i might have to you look it up. need to check them out so is it just like a, a giant cookie is it a filled cookie is it frosted like tell me about this cookie no it's like a basic cookie you know they're they're pretty big um I don't eat cookies that frequently. It's just one of the things that I have recently started to love. Um, but it's not frosted. It's just a plain cookie, but it's cookies and cream and it is amazing. I'm gonna have to check that out for sure. Now, I wanna ask you this as we start to kind of just tie some things up here. Is there a particular moment in your career that that stands out as a favorite or like a, a a made it moment or like a I belong sort of moment if you will um you know there's a lot of great moments uh but definitely I wouldn't necessarily say it's favorite but it is one that taught me a huge deal um it was this fight back in I can't even remember the date but it was against Sarah Howell in Boise Idaho and at 135, this was one of the fights that made me realize I am not a 135 pound fighter. Um, everything I had to offer, she just checked me on it. Uh, sadly, lost the fight, uh, last 30 seconds, dropped my hand. So there was just certain things I learned about my game where they were weak that since then I've corrected. Yeah. Now, Ashley, I, I do want to ask you this question. How, you know, I, I guess within that in, in changing weight classes, how much of a lifestyle change did you have to make to make sure that, you know, you, you were able to get down to 25 healthily and, you know, just that, that you weren't putting yourself at any sort of extra risk? Um, it wasn't a huge a huge change. It was just more dedication to extra workouts and definitely on diet. Uh, I wasn't a true 35er. Like I said, I didn't cut weight to be on 35. I would just wake up and be on that weight. I tried to avoid for most of my career that 
terrible thing of cutting weight, but uh, at 25, I definitely have to cut, but I've worked it to a point where it's just water manipulation at this point. Gotcha. Now, are you doing your own nutrition? Like, do you do all, all that planning on your own? Do you have a nutritionist and someone who helps you on that end? Or, or what does that look like for you? Um, no, no nutritionist. I kind of do most of it on my own. Uh, definitely ask my coach for any pointers on it. But uh, I quit eating meat also when I went down to 25. So that was a huge, a huge change, but it helped a lot. Okay. So as far as helped a lot, can you elaborate on that? Like, what, what do you mean? Like, what, what areas do you feel it helped? Um, you know, when you think of diet, you think of very small portions for, for normal people out there. They think small portions, you're not eating very much, kind of starving. But when I switched from meat to more plant-based, my meals grew in size and I was less hungry. Um, so kind of just leaving out the meat showed me a lot more things that I was lacking in my diet to begin with. Gotcha. Okay. So other, you know, vitamins, minerals, compounds, all that sort of stuff that you would get from a plant-based diet. Is that, is that what I'm understanding? Yeah, exactly. Gotcha. Okay. It's just, I just find that always interesting how each person's body adapts, reacts, whatever, because some people, you know, they, they may thrive with that sort of, with that sort of a, a diet. Whereas there's others that's like, man, like, cause I, I mean, I, I've talked to a ton of fighters about this question. There's some that they've tried multiple different diet styles, if you will, you know, a, a good friend of mine and one of my teammates up here, he tried going plant-based for a while, but he's a very explosive, like fast twitch guy. And he said that he just, he felt like he wasn't able to pull the trigger as well when he cut out some of his protein or his meat. But he said that at the same time though, that he did feel good plant-based, but he just didn't feel like that extra twist at the end of the punch that he was used to being able to, you know, just floor anybody with. He just said he didn't feel like he had that. Whereas, you know, on the flip side, there's, there's a lot of others out there who, maybe transition from being so heavy on the carnivore side to go and plant-based and like, man, like I don't feel the inflammation, a big part of what the ailments that I feel from being a fighter is that I'm just always inflamed, you know, whether it's muscles and joints to just maybe something a little bit below the surface from getting hit so much, taking out the meat and adding more plant elements, reduce the inflammation and help with recovery. So I just feel like everybody's body recovers different. And I think it's amazing to hear people's stories on it. Yeah, for sure. I've had teammates that I train with that they tried to go plant-based and it just wasn't for them. It's just basically your body and what's going to work best for you. So definitely. Now you train out of the Springs. So I've got to ask you, do you hit the incline a lot? I do not. Sadly. Um, you know, they kind of made it where you, you have to pay for it now. And it's very, it's very oh, high on the tourist type thing. There's not a lot of parking. And once it became more of a tourist attraction, I kind of, I lost a lot of interest in doing it. Just there's a lot of people on it, but with COVID and all that happening, I heard you have to make appointments now. So I might actually have to check out doing it. Yeah. I, it's been a long time since I've done it. I grew up down in Pueblo, so I'm familiar with that with that neck of the woods a little bit that way. But but yeah, it, it's been since before they redid all the steps. Like like it was it was a lot more rugged the last time that I did it. But yeah, me 
me as well. Yeah, I just remember it, it was definitely it's a challenge for sure. But then there's also there's the the mini incline in Castle Rock, which is kind of I, the same thing, but it's just much smaller. It's like a quarter. Yeah, the size. I have done that one. Um, it's up by where they do the zip lining and stuff like that, right at that park. Yep, yep, yep. Yeah, so I, I, I find it funny. I, I don't know if you've experienced this or you've seen or, or have friends that have done it, but some people will go and they'll do it and they're like, oh, no, that wasn't too bad. And, you know, they do it a couple of times because it's not that big and they're fine that day. Yeah. That day, they are good. But then you see them, you know, the next day and then more so two days after that. And they're walking around hobbled and just like looking like they're injured. Like, did you, did you hurt yourself? Like, are you like, no, I just, did way too many trips up the mini incline sort of thing it i find it hilarious personally yeah no it definitely you you always think oh i'm gonna feel it right away but that first day of being sore times it by two it's always worse on the second day oh yeah that i mean that's if you're familiar with the physiology side that's what's called doms that's delayed onset of muscle soreness and that peaks at 48 hours. So when you start talking those things that just fill your hamstrings with blood, you know, fill fill your calves and all the way down through through your soleus, like that is absolutely inflammation there. And you have lactic acid that is built up through the roof at that point. But yeah, it, it is a great workout though for anybody out there in this front range area. Check out either the incline or the mini incline. You're not going to regret it. I don't know if anybody's ever regret regretted the actual workout that they've done. I mean, you might be sore, but did you get better from it? Did you die? Yeah. I think they regret it on that second day, but then as the days go on and they become less sore, they, they're glad they did it. Definitely. I, I, you're, you, hit, you hit it right. I think there is momentary regret. But it's yes. one of those things of, you know, yeah, you got to go through a little bit of the struggle to reap the benefits. Yes, exactly. And if you just keep on working out, you work the soreness out. You don't let it keep on just building up and you don't stay sore. That's, yeah. That's just don't how I grew up thinking. <laughs> so, yeah, we, we've covered a lot of topics here so far today. Now, Ashley, is there something that we haven't hit on yet that you want to get out there to friends, family, supporters, fans, management, anybody out there? Um, not really. I just, any fans or supporters out there, definitely tune in on March 12th to the UFC fight pass. Check it out. Definitely. And for those of you who don't have it downloaded already, which we're in 2021, if you don't have fight pass by now, what are you doing? But I'm pretty positive that they're right now, they're still running a free one week trial for it as well. So if you log in with a brand new account, boom, you have fight pass. Or nice. if you do the smart thing and just hack the system and you already had an account before, sign up with a new email and then cancel it before the week is over. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I worked in, uh, I, I still do a lot of work in technology, but, you know, having the knowledge of how to work around some systems just, you know, it helps on a consumer level. I got to help the people here. I'm a man of the people, Ashley. <laughs> there you go. So one last time, where can people follow you? Uh. Definitely Facebook, uh, Ashley Dean, just plain and simple. And then on Instagram, it is ashley.in.dean. Awesome. Ashley, thank you so much for taking the time today. I really appreciate it. It's been a wonderful conversation. And I wish you nothing but the best of luck when it comes to your fight in the next couple of weeks. Awesome. Thank you.
Absolutely, folks. So make sure that you give her a follow and you check her fight out on UFC Fight Pass. This is Jordan Kurtz with the comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast. You can also check me out on Mile High Sports Radio. The show is called The MMA Plug, sponsored by denversportsbetting.com. Check us out every Wednesday night from 7 to 8 p.m. That is at milehighsports.com live. You could also check out every episode as far as a recap goes on denversportsbetting.com the next morning. We have a great lineup of guests almost every single week. We try to showcase nothing but the best for all of you MMA fans. We highlight the national stage as well as the Colorado local scene. So please give us a look there. This is Jordan Kurtz with the comments from the Peanut Gallery podcast, and we will see you next time.